Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Troy Dooley, the host of the Beachside CEO. We had a week off. I was traveling around Utah uh, interviewing and recording some phenomenal leaders as they get ready for one of the, I really think what will be soon become known as one of the, the wildest fourth quarters in network marketing history. I mean, literally, I am seeing all kinds of exciting things exploding in different companies. I was in Salt Lake City watching just some phenomenal growth that's taking place in, in some of our legacy companies up there and some of the startups that are up there. And in talking to to great people that have been in and around network marketing most of their adult life, seriously, some of them, I mean, their whole life because they grew up in it, um, everybody's saying the same thing. They are excited about where 2012 is ending up, and they're excited about where 2013 is going. I had a quality time, was able to just hang out with a friend of mine, Brian Mast, who has been... Uh, man, he was the ghostwriter for for uh, Paul J. Myers, but he's the president of Pilot Communications Group, just a, a rock star of a guy. And as I was chatting with him, I said, you know, Brian, let's connect, man. Let's just let's make this thing happen. And give me some of your authors that we can get out there that can can really help impact people's lives. And we're we're teaming up in in uh, well, really, we're teaming up now, but we're really going to be teaming up in 2013. Uh, we're going to be doing some live interviews. I'm going to start going through the books of some great people. And then at the end of that book, we're going to bring them on live so that you guys can hear the interviews. I think it's just going to be a phenomenal time. We're starting a brand new book, brand new series, The Tripping Point in Leadership, Overcoming Organizational Apathy. This is by David Bird. You know, I mean, just a a rock star. He's a master in effective leadership. And when you when you really study who and what David's about, you all of a sudden start to see that here's a guy that cares. He deals with gigantic organizations, been doing this for 30 years. And if you're like me, you want to grab a pen and paper because I'm not even sure we can get through the complete chapter. He starts it off saying, apathy can trip you up. The first step in overcoming it is recognizing it. And I thought, wow. And, he, and, and I love guys that start their, their chapters off with stories. He says, I, was just finished, I had just finished my introductions in front of more than 70 top executives in an international organization when I made a shocking and somewhat risky statement. I told them that all the organizational problems they had identified in their inventory worksheets were merely symptoms of the same universal problem, apathy. Now understand, the individual income in this group ranged from a quarter of a million to half a million dollars a year, and <coughs> and I just told them they were apathetic, or at least that's what they heard. Now, you can just imagine top executives who are the best in their fields being told they were apathetic, David goes on, he says, I quickly told them, withhold your judgment for just a moment and give me a chance to explain before collectively deciding that this high-priced development expert had just insulted you. A hush fell on the room as I began to verbally review the general list of people's problems that they had provided. Indecisiveness, lack of drive, 
lack of creativity, lack of focus, stagnation, burnout, imbalance. The list goes on and on. This was their list, not David's list. And then he looked at them and he said, I want you to write down the following developmental definition of apathy. Now, personally, I want you to write this down, too. I thought this was great. A natural human instinct common to all of us that consistently encourages us to seek a comfort zone in which nothing ever changes. Let me repeat that. A natural human instinct common to us all that consistently encourages us to seek a comfort zone in which nothing ever changes. Now, that's not the definition you'll find in the dictionary. But think about this for a minute. How many people do you know in your current organization who really this fits them? I mean, if you take that definition, you'd say, man, they are, they are, they are apathetic. Think about that. And then ask yourself this question. How many of you have at some point suffered from the same description? See, that'll cause you to hear a pin drop in a room. So we have to face the facts, folks. When I started reading this book on the plane back from Salt Lake City, I was daggum blown away. I thought, man, I have fallen into this trap more than once. This is the killer of all killers. See, the word apathy is an unfriendly and threatening word to most of us. And the, probably the reason that we never hear it used by executives to describe problems is because it's easier to describe the symptoms than say, I'm apathetic. We don't go around saying, man, we're apathetic. Instead, we say we have burnout, stagnation, indecision, lack of creativity, lack of motivation, lack of productivity. It's like a light bulb went on. I mean, the the, the windows were down on my airplane, and, the, and very few lights were on, but I swear there was a light over my head because all of a sudden it just hit. See, these symptoms seem to sound more professional or, or more academic and clinical. You know, they're, they're more forgiving to be quite, oh, well, they used to be, have burnout, but now they've overcome it. Instead of saying they're just freaking apathetic. See, this is interesting to me. We go around trying to fix the symptoms, and we just lead our organizations on wild goose chases. We never really fix the problem. I think it's time, if we want 2012 to be the catalyst that rocks our world in 2013, then we've got to start looking at not the symptoms, but the cause. We've got to, we've got to realize that we've got to focus on this. We've got to get comfortable with the truth. See, until a person gains the awareness of how this force of apathy really works to impede our effectiveness, to, 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 to screw up our behavior and cause us not to want to change, then there's no way that we can improve. David wrote this. He said, awareness begins with an understanding of apathy as a natural human instinct common to us all. Do you realize that now, that, that that was like the bridge for me. All of a sudden I realized it doesn't matter if if I'm a, a Royce Reed from Rostelli Direct running a gigantic organization, if, if I'm a, a, a Richard Brooke over at 2110 running an organization, if I'm a, 
BK Barreco at Vima, if I'm a Steve Wallach at Longevity, you know, none of this really matters. I could be a Gary Racer at Limu, and I could still fall into the trap of apathy and wonder why my company is not growing. And we'd be looking around trying to figure out the symptoms. Do I need to hire a new COO or CEO? Do I need to change the comp plan? Besides that, we get pissed off when somebody calls us apathetic. Because we know that we're being accused of being indifferent. And most of us have been taught, oh man, be positive. Think only great things about people. So we don't even want to think that. We don't want to think that somebody has an apathetic idea, behavior, and that, that they don't really want to change. But really, when we get right down to it, it's about personal change. Maxwell talks about this a lot, but I mean, here's here's a whole new way of looking at it. See, every every one of us, this is pretty good. Listen to what David writes here. He says, it has everything to do with describing the relationship between basic motivation of security and the natural instinct described as apathy. He says, let's let's look at the definition again. A natural human instinct common to us all that consistently encourages us to seek a comfort zone in which nothing ever changes. He says, now ask yourself this question. What is one of humankind's basic motivational drives? Now, that's a little tougher question. Let's think about that. What is one of humankind's basic motivational drives? He goes on and says, according to Maslow's famous book, The Theory of Human Motivation... Most all human behavior can be tracked back to the basic motivation of self-preservation and security. Some may be motivated by a higher degree of needs, but as soon as their security is threatened, they quickly revert to self-preservation. Hey, I've, seen, I've just seen this in, an, in a situation in network marketing. We see it in, in uh, politics consistently. I thought, Wow. We can sum this up in layman's terms by saying it's just natural for us to all seek out a comfort zone. Because in our comfort zone, we have security. We, we know we're in a self-preservation mode. See, this is interesting because the process of seeking security and building an unproductive comfort zone, if we do that and leave it unchecked, it will lead to the behaviors that we described earlier with indecisiveness and and uh, what were some of the others? Let's look at those. Lack of drive, lack of creativity, lack of focus, stagnation. Is that really what you started out your career to do, no matter what business you're in? I mean, none of us did that, but yet that's what happens. He shares a story. The change has been named to protect the guilty. He says, John is a senior VP in a large international company. He's 52 years old and been at the same company for over 27 years. Said in talking with John, I asked him this question. John, do your employees have any consistent criticism of you and your leadership? He thought for a minute and said, indecision. I asked if he believed those critiques were accurate, and he said, I don't think so, because with a company in transition now, I have to make sure my decisions are right. It's better not to make a decision at all than to make the wrong one. After all, I'll be retiring in the next few years anyway. Interesting, isn't it? David goes on, he says, I interviewed several of John's employees, and what I heard most often was this. John is a good man, 
but he keeps us waiting forever for an answer to our basic request. And his indecision is causing severe delays in production. Wow. Interesting, isn't it? See, the forces of apathy are the cause for John's problems. Indecision is the symptom. And what's happened is John knows he's retiring, so he's constructed a comfort zone for himself to avoid the fear of making a bad decision and risking his security. What happens if something happened to the company right before he was to retire? See, I can understand that. I mean, it's it's an unconscious goal that he's made. And it's a mistake because his comfort zone is a place in which nothing can ever change and mistakes can never happen because he won't make a decision. But yet we all know indecision is a decision. And in this case, it's affecting others. You want to know what happened? They will eventually quit. We've seen that over and over and over. Two companies that come to mind that don't make, that don't fall into indecision. Now, sometimes they, they are just the opposite. They, they shoot products out sometimes maybe way too fast. One is Microsoft, who for years would, would throw out a brand-new operating system with all kinds of security flaws and bugs in it. The other is Apple, who just seems to always hit it on the, on the, the head. Boom, boom, boom. I mean, they just sold out of I, iPhone 5s. It's crazy, isn't it? It's amazing to me when I read this. Here's another story. Anne, the rising star. David says, Anne is a bright rising star of one of our clients. She is on a fast track to the top, but she hit a wall, as she described it. Anne says, I haven't had a new idea in months. I am so exhausted most of the time. I can't even think. My life is nothing but work, and I see no end to it. David sat down with Anne's boss, and he said, Anne has the greatest potential I've ever seen, but her lack of focus on priorities is constantly getting her into trouble. She's got to turn it around because it's affecting her performance. See, Anne's boss sees the symptoms. He's saying, well, it's a lack of focus, while her unproductive behavior is actually the result of the unrecognized forces of apathy. See, Anne finds security in just staying busy and overworked. Makes her feel important. Maintains the in maintaining the peace of a or the pace of a superhero. It allows her to never face her insecurities about her competency. See, when you're on the fast track, all of a sudden you realize you're at the top, and it can be scary. It can freak you out. See, her overachieving behavior represents a comfort zone in which she can be threatened. She just kind of hangs and she's okay. And yet we know that doesn't work that way. See, it's all about apathy. This is the part that if we can get this and focus on it and realize it when we see it in ourselves, then we can change everything in our life. Here's a, here's a, here's a third story I want to I do because I thought this was great. Al, the CEO, says Al is the CEO of a small company of 50 employees. Al has had three leadership positions in different companies over the last 10 years. He's 55. In an initial interview with Al, I asked what he wanted to accomplish with his company in the next five to 10 years. He said, what I really want to do is take this company to the next level. I said, okay, so describe the next level to me. He says, I want to double revenues to $10 million. 
Good. Okay, he's got the focus. The next question caused him some discomfort. I said, what obstacles stand in the way of accomplishing this? He said, my people. I can't get buy-in from my leadership team so that I can so that I can find that it's a lot easier to just do it myself. Interesting. How many of us have done that? He said, they're good people, but I just can't trust them to get the job done right. If I had some people who would listen to me and do things the way I know they need to do them, we could achieve the goal. Here's the interesting part. In talking with Al's leadership team, the general consistency of the team was that they admired They wanted to help. This is interesting. But they felt that he did not trust them to get anything accomplished. As a result, it was much easier for them to take the support or helper role and just let Al do it himself. Now, that's pretty radical when you think about it. Totally freaking radical. It's like, wow. See, all these people, they see the symptoms, they see all this stuff happening, and it's freaking them out. Al is in a psychologically secure comfort zone. If I just do it all myself, then I don't have to worry about somebody else failing. The problem is the company will never grow, and if somebody takes him out, then the company's dead because nobody will know what to do. See, the forces of apathy as a natural human instinct are causing Al to seek a comfort zone where he never trusts his people. And they feel it even though he doesn't see it. The common denominator in all of these is that people show up to work, but they bring their own unique set of values, beliefs, and behavior. And what we've got to realize is that effective leadership development is appropriate for every level of the organization. Maxwell just wrote this book, Five Levels of Leadership. So from the CEO to the stockroom clerk, we've got to focus on apathy. Organizations without a proactive leadership development program at every level of their organization are prime to fall into the same trap, wondering why can't we make it, what's going on. We've got to be able to take it to the next level. We've got to be able to break out of the apathy. When I read books like Good to Great by Jim Collins, I start to realize these are leaders and development teams that say we're not going to fall into the trap. We're going to continually grow. We've got to push through it. See, effective leadership development can change a company because it changes people. And when we start looking at this stuff in a big way, we start to realize the importance of it. People will always choose to change when they're aware that change serves their best interest. Tony Robbins puts it this way. He said, most people will do more to avoid pain than they will for pleasure. If people know that change will allow them to avoid pain... They will rock the world to become a better person. They want it to be like something different. But when you have no growth in the person, when you have no growth in the business, it's that apathy. Apathy is like gravity. David writes this. He says, apathy is a natural human instinct is consistently at work at every level in the organization. 
The accumulative impact of apathy on an organization is stagnation and ultimately decline. He says, I've observed that this decline is inevitable unless counterbalanced with a proactive and consistent leadership development program. He said, each organization in the world has two things in common. I thought this was great. I'm going to do a whole training just around this one little area. Because he says, each the two things in common is one, a present, you're in your present state, and one, a future. And I thought about that. I thought, man, isn't that the truth? But isn't that like human beings, too? We have a presence. We were brought into this world. And we were born, and that's the date. In my case, 1964. And then there's a little dash. And then there's either a blank, because we're still living, or there's another date. And it's that in-between there, the present and the future, that we've got to be working on. See, this is so important that we get it. The quality of the process of the organization determines the quality of the performance of the organization. Process and performance is what gets us from the present to the future. We're either going to grow or we're going to decline. And if we're not growing, in other words, we're dying. See, every one of us, every organization, every leader has to choose growth. The only alternative to growth is the decline. There's no other position in the organization. Good to great. It's a great book. You ought to read it. See, when leaders choose growth, that growth must must come from enhanced overall performance, constantly improving. Constant and never-ending improvement is the key. You always Because if you don't, here's what you're doing. You're just doing the same thing and it's delivering the same results. It's kind of like being nuts. You're doing the same thing wondering, hey, is anything ever going to change? See, remember this. People will always choose to change when they are aware that change is in their best interest. See, effective leadership begins with an awareness of how the forces of apathy are affecting the organization and its people. Once we're aware of that, we can make the changes we need. But without the awareness, we become stuck in in inefficiency, in unproductivity, in in, in just nuttiness, burnout, stagnation, ineffective leadership. We don't want that. We want to be able to grow this thing to a new level. But here's what happens. When we don't realize that it's apathy, we just try to fix the systems. Oh, let's let's go to a communication seminar. Let's... Let's get our clerical skills up to date. Let's 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 figure out new policies. Let's change the comp plan. You ever hear that one? See, can't be that way. Change and growth will occur when you work to correct the problems, not the symptoms. If we're only working on the symptoms, never really the problem then we are we are bound to return to the comfort zone each and every time our security is threatened. Think about that. How many of you have gone through that? I know I have, Lord. And right now I'm in one of the most insecure spots that I have been in in years, not financially, but just in life in general. Paige and I were out at the beach all day yesterday talking about our future, 
you know, making sure we're on the same page, that we're going in the same direction, that we want the same things. This is going to be the most interesting 2013. We are so excited about the last quarter of 2012 and where we're going in 2013. It is a radical change for us with all of our kids and our grandkids and everything that's going on. But see, we have this awareness and this understanding that we've got to counterbalance. We've got to overcome the negative forces of apathy. That we've got to move to a whole new vision, a whole new world. And we're excited about it. I was so excited when... when, uh, when Brian Mass gave me this book, he said, Troy, here's one of my authors. I think you're going to enjoy it. I said, dude, that one's going live. This is just a great book. David Bird. You know, I, I thought, man, this is just, this is a book worth, worth digging into. You know, and I believe, let me let me see if, if his website's still up, as a matter of fact, because some of these guys changed their website. Um, I'm going to check this out, because if it is, I'm going to send you over here to it. Yeah, you can go to trippingpointbooks.com. And, and I mean, it's radical because he's got all this stuff to help you out in here. And, and you can go over there. You can check out what he's doing. He's got uh, books. He's got DVDs. I believe this book should be in everybody's hand. He's got the next book we're going to be doing, Achievement. Um, there's an interview with David here so you can get to know him a little bit better. See, this is the kind of stuff that we look at. Let's summarize chapter one. This would be good for all of us. Number one, most people problems are usually only symptoms of the forces of apathy. Write that down. Most people's problems are only the, the, the symptoms of the forces of apathy. Number two, apathy is considered a natural human instinct that consistently encourages us to seek a comfort zone where nothing can ever change. Apathy is considered a natural human instinct that consistently encourages us to seek a comfort zone where nothing ever changes. Number three, problems are never fixed by only working on the symptoms. Problems are never fixed by only working on the symptoms. I love this. Number four, humankind's basic motivational drive is for security. Humankind's basic motivational drive is for security. Number five, if left unchecked, the forces of apathy lead to unproductive and ineffective behaviors. If left unchecked, the forces of apathy lead to unproductive and ineffective behaviors. Powerful. Number six, apathy is a natural human instinct, is a counterbalance with certain personal powers that are strategically included in our creative human design. I want to say that again. Apathy as a natural human instinct is counterbalanced with certain personal powers that are strategically included in our creative human design. This is, guys, this is great. Tomorrow, the power of choice. Choice is everything. Man, I've been studying that one for years, too. Talk about wild. Folks, live life like it's an epic adventure. Stay dangerous. Stay strong. If you're in network marketing, act like it. And be back here tomorrow morning on Beachside CEO, heard on the Home Business Radio Network.